We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So it be. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We Services. Hello, Trent. Hello, Bart. You're looking well. Sound you. You sound interesting. You sound different. Sound like you're not of this country, of this continent, even. That's a good way to put it. I think if I was gonna sound, if I was gonna assign any thing about your behavior, it's that you're a, a little, a little bit peeved at my technical difficulties. Is that is that fair to say? Let's get into the technical difficulties. What's going on there? Well, the technical difficulties arise from, you know, the fact that I am of a different continent, like you say. Um, but my sound quality will be worse because I do not have a microphone because the amount of stuff I could bring was limited. And uh, it came down to a matter of weight and my, you know, pretty pretty large-sized microphone could not be justified. And then I planned on recording into my AirPods, but I couldn't connect my AirPods to my very old, unhappy computer because my parents recommended I leave my new, happy computer in the United States. And and also Audacity, the sound recording uh, software we use, is not working on this, so we're now using a different, more available thing. So if my sound quality isn't good, that is why. But this will be the only episode that is like that, no? Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it um, later on in the episode. But um, uh, what have you? What we, have you been eating? Thank you for the save. Um, oh, visual cue. Yeah, that was just for Trent. The listeners couldn't hear that, but um, I just saw Across the Spider Verse oh, um, I, I... in theaters and IMAX, and it was great. Um, go watch it. I can. saw it as well, minus the IMAX. And um, I came home and I was very hungry and we were about to record. So I uh, grabbed a banana and ate it, wolfed it down even. It wasn't a hun- It wasn't as ripe as I would have liked it to have been, but it was, it was still pretty good. What about you? What did you eat? I saw Spider-Man two days ago or whatever Friday was. Yeah. And I was so tired that I had to like keep my body moving the whole time and like pry my eyes open. But at where most movies would have allowed me to fall asleep, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, retained my attention and kept a very sleepy boy conscious. Um, what I just had, uh, I'm in England and there's this Thai place that we've been going to. They're like, uh, they have good food of like the places they've colonized or something. And, um, which isn't good. Uh, I wouldn't know anything about that <coughs> as an Indian American. Yeah. Uh, me heading to London, especially for the recommended Indian food. Um, but we got food from a Thai place. I've, uh, have a new affection for curry, uh, which I can say as a child, I was too much of a, of a child to, uh, to be brave enough to try. And it's very good. Parth, I'm sure you know a thing or two about curry. I don't mean to overstep my boundaries. That's an interesting thing to say to your co-host. Um, yeah, I know a thing or two, maybe even three, about curry. Good to know. Um, but I also know a thing or two about recording a good episode. About about podcasts. Um, 
and like good episodes, especially good craft services episodes, they tend to like go, they like segue into the real episode by, is it like an intro that, that we use? Like, and like, do we cue the intro? Is that what happens? I'd say we can just cue it based off that. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we, why don't we do that? Let's cue the intro. I wish, I wish this was an interview so that I could apply. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, we are no longer talking with someone. We did talk for the last two weeks wasn't with it? guest Stephen Morrow. It wasn't sound recorder Stephen Morrow. Sound mixer, Trent, but uh, thank you. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, but you may not have known that he was a sound mixer, but you do probably know how the quality of this interview was. I think it was awesome, outstanding, super cool, and best of all, in two parts. Yes. I, I even noticed, uh, like Stephen Morrow mentioned, on the slate during the uh, the sound uh, scene, you see Morrow written under the sound thing. You sure do. That's- and he apparently is going to reprise, or, or that role will be recasted and reprised in Joker 2. Um, the sound mixer with a Morrow on it. Um, we talk about all these things and much, much more in our two-part interview with him. We cer- we certainly do. Um, so go check that out. Uh, really, f- I I had a good time with that interview. I you feel could, like you could drop everything you're doing. You could go there right now. You and let's could, say you, you like go. had like half an hour, and you couldn't listen to like an hour-long episode. Well, it's good for you. It's in two parts. You can just listen to one. If you're going somewhere for half an hour, you can listen to it. And when you're coming back, you can listen to part two. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't drop a better afternoon. You know? But if you're here, In the meantime, maybe stay here because you probably listened to the first two episodes. If you have an hour or you could just, you know, if you're here, you could do the, you do a split in half, whatever works for your schedule. Stick around. Parth and I are here to chat, here to talk, just casual one-on-one time. No celebrity guests to get in the way. Yeah, because this week we don't have a an interview, but we do have a discussion for the movie that we interviewed somebody for. And this week it is Babylon, um, Damien Chazelle's latest film. And like most films, it has a synopsis, and I think it's my turn to do a 10-word synopsis. It is. I. Uh, what was our last movie that I struggled their 10-word synopsis? Through? Oh, The Incredibles, of course. All right, Parth, you're, 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 you're under the gun. Moving out of silent era, what happens... Cast and crew. So the real synopsis is a tale of outsized ambition and out- outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity Depravity in early Hollywood. Part this movie didn't just make it... I mean, you don't make a movie about outsized ambition and outrageous excess for free, do you? It costs, you know, some moolah, some serious... Mm, very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I would say that it would cost... One, one could even say that the budget for this movie would have to be $80 million. And with such a high budget, this movie must have made a lot of money, um, you know, 
given how much the studio had put towards it, right, Trent? You'd think with, you know, the advertising, Damien Chazelle's good reputation. The stars, the stars. Well, part the stars. I mean, uh, Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt. Can you get big? Do, shine, do stars shine much brighter than that these days? I well, don't there's know. There's one. There's one, but yeah. Uh, but here's, I've got some bad news for you. You ready? Wait, this good movie made a lot of money, right? This good movie made $63.4 million bucks, which, if you'll remember, is less than the number previously stated. Wow. So one could say that this movie lost a lot of money. Yep. I don't remember the theater being particularly crowded. No, I think there was only one other person when I saw this with my mom and maybe like two other people when I saw it with, uh, with Sophia because I saw this twice in theaters. I remember getting through this whole movie without peeing and me being proud of myself for that because it is a marathon just for uh, conversation's sake uh being in england i'm thinking about uh you know having watched babylon on the screen what a wonderful experience what was that around christmas or something yeah i think it came out on christmas day yeah, so beautiful Christmas spirit compared to today, where my only way to watch the film was horizontally on my phone, illegally streamed, because this country did not want me to watch that movie, and it, I was offered well, I mean, the, the messed up thing is that I own this movie on Blu-ray and on digital, and it's on my iTunes account, and you usually use my iTunes account um, to watch the movies, because I usually own them in some capacity or they're on streaming in some capacity. Um, but you wanted to and it is watch on Par- it. On it, is, it is on Paramount Plus, and that's like the one that neither of us have. And not just that. We were willing to get a free trial. Or, I mean, you were. Um, yes. To get a free trial for Paramount Plus, but you would not. You were not able to get it um, because you had a U.S. Nor would, it let me, nor would it let me pay for it on YouTube or Redbox or anything else because my credit card was affiliated with the United States. Which begs the question of how the fuck do you rent a movie in another country? Because it proves almost impossible for a movie podcaster like myself. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, well uh, So this leads me to say, one time I walked into... Um, Jordan Sigfu's friend of the show, Old House, uh, 45 Gildan Street. And you know her room, her old roommate, Mr. M, Ryan. Oh, I'm well well acquainted with Mr. M. So he's there laying on the couch. All the lights are off. He's holding his phone very close to his eyes. And I say, what are you watching? And he says, oh, it's this, uh, this movie called Whiplash. Have you ever seen it? Wow. And nice. I thought, And I thought... What a way to watch Whiplash, one of the greatest movies of the last ten years, for the first time, uh, like in a in a sensory deprivation chamber, but with your iPhone just really close to your face. So that's how I felt watching Babylon today. Another Damien Chazelle film watched on an iPhone. That sounds awesome, Trent. Um, but what? Like I, I don't know. Like I've been just hoping that I could know how this movie was made. Yeah, I'm kind of like. You ever were in middle school? Were you ever like bored in like history class? You know, you know, mm-hmm. and the teacher would just go on and on about in July 2019. It was announced that David Chazelle had set the next project following First Man as the period drama set in the golden age of Hollywood. Why don't you pick up? I I kind of do remember. Wait, now that you were are saying this, I'm kind of recalling my 
um, in middle school, one of my teachers saying in July 2019, it was announced that Damien Chazelle had his next projects uh, following First Man uh, as a, a period drama set in the golden age of Hollywood. I, I kind of do remember her saying that. She even said Lionsgate Films was the front runner to acquire the project after distributing Chazelle's La La Land with Emma Stone and Brad Pitt circling the project. In November, Paramount Pictures acquired the worldwide rights to the project. Um, Brad Pitt confirmed his involvement in January 2020 and was set to play a character modeled on actor-director John Gilbert. By December 2020, Margot Robbie was in early negotiations to replace Emma Stone, who exited the film due to scheduling conflicts, a good decision, um, and Lee Jun Lee was also cast. Um, Robbie was confirmed in March 2021 with Hovan Adepo and Diego Calva also joining. Um, filming was originally set to take place in California in mid-2020, but was postponed due, the, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, filming began July 1st, 2021 and wrapped October 21st, 2021. Shay's Castle was used for the exterior shots of the mansion in the opening party scene, with interior shots being filmed inside the Ace Hotel in Los Angeles. The movie Ranch Blue Sky Ranch serves as Kinescope Studios in the film. Uh, Justin Hurwitz, Chazelle's longtime composer, composed the film's score. The film was initially scheduled for a December 25th, 2021 limited release and a January 7th, 2022 wide release, but was later delayed by an entire year, um, opening on December 25th, 2022 and January 6th, 2023 wide release due to COVID-19. In October, the film was moved to two days earlier to the current date and set for a solely wide release instead. Trent, this might be one of our shortest production histories. And with a equally cute and small fun fact section, should I? Wow. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't even like trying to like tee you up for anything. But well, one thought I will get out of the way before the fun facts is with, with how we both grown to January 6th, that's only one day after my birthday. And imagine if, you know, if my birthday had been soiled by the, you know, the people whose birthdays on January 6th, you know, that you can't, you know, well, there's sort of a bad The funny thing right is, now. Trent, um, I have some family members that were a part of those riots. Um, if, I mean, if you couldn't tell just by looking at me. Um, and they were going to do it on the 5th. And did you ask them to post? I told them, I asked, I said, look, I know it's a pain. They'd spend all this money too. They had to like, you know how like when you're on set, you're like, if we require another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to cost so much in travel and food and just like spending so much money. The producer, and the producer of of the January 5th riot must have been in such hot water. He know? was not happy with me. Um, but he was also the leader of the free world, so it was all right. You know what I mean? Um <clears throat> anyways, um uh but I got them to move it a day cuz I I was I figured uh, what when did that happen? 2021, right? So you, you just like turned 20, you know what I mean? And I was like, I remember where I was and what I was doing when, when I heard that that happened and it felt so far away and surreal. We were recording, we were recording the podcast. When I, when we found out. Not when we found out, like just found out, but we like recorded as January 6th was happening. Cause I distinctly remember us both recording and going. So the Capitol was raided, um, I guess we just continue recording. Huh. I, I felt so safe and far away in Utah. Um, yeah, I guess I have a vague memory of that. But uh, needless to say, won't they hear some fun facts? 
Yeah, yeah. The opening title card doesn't appear until the 32-minute mark. A baller decision. Yep, I, yep, I was just going to say, everyone loves the late title card. Damon Chazelle began writing this film in 2009, before La La Land. During the end montage, before the credits, there's a flash frame of the film's actual clapperboard. It reads... Uh, 480X or Xavier 91 and uh, 3ER Babylon 10, 14, 21. I don't know why I had wow. to. I don't know why I had to read that, but I did. What a crazy fucking slate! Yeah, it's really long. Um, Nelly is inspired by Clara Bow, the original It Girl, who scandalizes the United States by being open about her sexual desires. And when Jack Conrad arrives at the party and is speaking Italian which reminds me of the Glorious Bastards, Borlami. Um, his wife says he's Borlami. from Shawnee, and Brad Pitt is actually from Shawnee, Oklahoma. I, I wonder what Brad Pitt thinks of his hometown, like, if he had to, like, rate it out of five. Oh, you, you lost me for a second there, but I'm back. Um, if you think Brad Pitt had to rate his hometown out of five, I think he might give it a one, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's no, it's no Hollywood at the end of the day. It is only Shawnee, Oklahoma. But what's funny about one-star reviews is that it is a section of our podcast we frequently do. Some would say all the time, actually, during our discussions. Regularly. Yeah, and unfortunately, there isn't really a method of reviewing cities, but there is for reviewing films. And I, th- I think I have David, a review from David, that says this is a horrific movie. Um, so this, he says, this movie is irrefutable proof that America is morally depraved. Who else would consider a bottle being shoved up a man's butt or the line about defecating in someone's mouth as Oscar material? Hollywood people are just low lives, truly sick. Are they too blind to see how this sick they are? Period. Not even a question mark. Oh, you want to stop the comment or keep, keep I it? mean, just, just, um. Yeah, not really. You know, this guy's stupid. That's fine. Nice. Okay, Amazon customer. This movie is just a bunch of gay perversion and woke Hollywood crap. Poor acting, not realistic, more about gay life and drag, trying to look like women, etc. Terrible, poorly made movie. I wish I could get a refund. So what did they watch? Where where it being about gay life and drag, trying to look like a woman, etc. Partha, I was just going to ask the same question. Um... There's one, there, there are two major female characters, and they are both cis women. Uh, are there any gay people? Or, I mean, I guess the women are... I feel like... Like, I mean, this person's stupid. I mean, like we said about the preceding person. Um, but with the, with the pretext that this person's stupid... Maybe it's just because, like, all the people are, like, naked and, like, dressed up and, like, having fun mm. and, like, dancing. And they just, like, hate everything and fun. And so they're just, like, this must be what gay people are doing. But, like, clearly that is unfounded from nowhere. And, like, there are no main characters who are gay. I mean, like, they're the, um... If, if, if that's a problem. Like, like Margot Robbie is bisexual. And, yes, um, because she, uh, yeah, her and, uh, yep. Anyways, um, so this third review is from Let's Go to the Movies, in all caps. So, you know, maybe maybe he's a chill guy. But he rates it one star with the title, Don't Watch with Underage Kids, with the review saying, Vulgarity at its best, period. Horrible movie, period. Save your money, period. It's basically porn, no period. Um, so other than the punctuation stuff that's pretty interesting, 
Um, Trump, what is this movie rated? Are you saying that they like it's MPAA R? rating? Oh, R, R. Yeah. So why why would you watch it with underage kids? Why would that be? Oh yeah, I mean theoretically, it, the, the the system has been set up to not allow you to watch this with underage kids. Yeah. Also, starting off with the vulgarity at its best makes. Now, it I was going to comment on that too. Makes it seem like you like it. Yeah. Well, it's it's very. I mean, I guess what they mean is that it's like vulgarity at its most. Yeah. Like it's the most vulgar, but it's a very a strange way to negatively talk about a movie. Just well, I guess while we're on the topic of Babylon losing money and these three individual people who don't like it, I guess this was going to come out at, at, at in the radius gauntlet. But there's a lot of Babylon hate going around in this world. And I brought it up to someone on the trip today, one of the professors, and they were like, I hate Babylon. And uh, yeah. I just find it weird and interesting from people, yeah, I mean, I guess from people whose opinions I respect, you know? I it, It's interesting. I'm, I'm surprised it's so polarizing, or rather I'm surprised about the things that polarize the people that watch it, I guess. Um I mean, I guess we're just getting into discussing discussing the movie, um, but uh, where to begin? I, I feel like what's weird is that people, especially like online, which I know is not real, but people seem to really like love or hate this movie. But I feel like the people that hate this movie don't give it credit for, even if you don't like the movie, it is technically pretty astounding. Yeah. No, like uh, the the long takes and the party in the beginning and, and at the movie theater at the end, like going from the tops of people's heads and then like craning up like back to him. I mean, there's so many shots that take place at such a specific time of day in such a specific location. Like when they leave the party and it's like sunrise, when they're shooting the golden hour scene, when there's sh- like so much stuff is real light and like shooting at such a specific time the the score is pretty fantastic and like uh i just feel like there's so much about this movie that gets written off and i find it really bizarre and i kind of don't know why that happens i wonder if it's like people don't like have have something against damien chazelle a little bit because he made la la land or something but i'm kind of like confused because i feel like if anybody else were to make this movie there wouldn't be any discussion about it being like, or there would be more discussion about the craft because the, the story I feel like maybe you could have problems with, but it's really bizarre to me to have that aspect of the film completely written off by the audience. Uh, I've come prepared with some materials uh, to read, but my, my professors very brief complaint. They were just like, the characters are all stereotypes and it's just like the woman who's like out of control. And then the man, the old man actor who's like coping with himself. And then my mom, I texted her, we were reviewing Babylon and so many words. Why didn't you like it? Can I share? It's not that long. Please do. If I'm, I'm always interested in the opinions of Tracy Algar. If memory serves me, I didn't believe Margot Robbie's accent. I'm recording. Barrage. Stupid idiot. Um, 
If mem- my mom says, if memory serves me, I didn't believe Margot Robbie's accent. She spells Margot with no T. Mar- I didn't, cool. didn't believe Margot Robbie's accent, and her performance seemed over the top. The character seemed cartoonish. Not sure why I didn't like it, and I was so looking forward to it, and somehow disappointed. I'd have to go back and watch it again and give an honest answer, but I didn't want to watch it again. That's in itself is a critique. Wouldn't watch it twice. Dang. Wow. So on the uh, when when we were to get to the ratings gauntlet, your mom would not. Uh, give it a high rating on rewatchability. You know, cutting words from Tracy O'Gare. Um, but I would say my opinion went up in the second watch. I My opinion or, of this movie only increases with every rewatch I've had, which I believe at this point is like th- three. I will say when I saw it on Christmas, I enjoyed it. And man should not pee. Um, but I remember leaving the theater and being like, that was good. And I know I liked it, but I'm like confused. And it felt like sort of like a lot. And then this time I was like, no, maybe I was just like too stoned in the theater. Cause like, this is pretty like straightforward and comp and copper. That's, I feel like people say like they had no idea what was going on. And I feel like it's a very, very simple movie. And like, you don't actually have to. This time I was like, Oh, so just Manny and Margot Robbie and their relationship and their rise. And then Brad Pitt and the trumpet player, like sort of on the side too, but it's pretty much just following them. Yeah. I mean, it's a very small cast of characters. Um, uh, and I feel like a weird critique that the movie gets, I mean, to, uh, to talk about like the performances, um, Margot Robbie's performance, I really enjoy. Um, I can understand it being a bit much for some people, but it's kind of the, one of those things where it's like, well, the point is that it's too much. I was just going to say, isn't everything in this movie that it's too much? Like, like there are bodily fluids everywhere to show that it's too much. It's excellent. Yeah, I mean, that's like the the point of the movie is that this is bad. That this is like ultimately pretty toxic and harmful to all of these people. I don't know. It, it works for me uh, in a way that I don't know. I just think that they're well done. It's well written and well performed. Um, and I can understand. I guess that it's a little like cliche or whatever. But uh, in terms of like aging actor and like the the it girl that goes crazy but that happened i mean this is a very well researched movie about the transition from silent to sound era and uh, i just think this is what happened i mean this is not literally what happened but this is a story that does exist um it may not be these people but they're all either based off of or composites of real people um, and so I feel like your teacher's critique that it feels cliched is a little like, I don't know that I can really agree with that. Um, but what you were about to say something. I was just going to say, doesn't the amount of like big, uh, set pieces just make this movie feel like such a flex? Like that's yeah. Like in between this and Fablemans, there's like so much like movie production love in the air. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a movie that feels as big as it is. Um, it really puts, especially in a time where, like, movies have outsized budgets, but, like, don't feel like they're big budget. Uh, Marvel. And uh, this movie feels like it cost more than I than it actually did. Um, and I, 
I don't know. I think it really, it works for me. I guess this works against my point, but I remember the first time seeing in the theater, remember like the snake stuff, like the, the dad fighting the snake. Yeah, no, I, I remember the yeah. mongoose. Yeah, I, I was like, like that. And, you know, in Licorice Pizza, the movie you didn't like, but a good scene is, uh, like, the truck, like, free. Yeah, I, that's my favorite scene in that movie. Yeah. So but those were, like, the two scenes that, I mean, both movies were released on Christmas. Or maybe Licorice Pizza was a year ago. Um, but both those movies, both those scenes, I was like, I'm going to remember this. Like, this is just such a good moment that, like, you have cornered the market on, like, snake being in movie or like free you know manual truck in movie and then this time i saw the snake scene again and i was like wow i'd completely forgotten about it but this is awesome but this is awesome all over again um yeah i mean it, it's a movie about excess um I mean, the re- it's funny that like this and the Fablemans came out in the same year because I feel like they're tackling so much of the same ideas um, regarding art. Um, I mean, granted, Spielberg's is a lot, I think, sunnier in the way that it's presented, but I think ultimately has a similar um, conclusion. Um, yeah, I guess the scene in this movie between Brad Pitt and like the woman who wrote the bad article about him. And they talk about like, you know, uh, like actors and after they die, they're still in movies and blah, blah, blah. And that feels like it could be like in the Fablements, you know? I mean, like, I I think that like my favorite thing about this movie is the way that it shows how the, the different ways in which the industry is awful, the film industry and the cost of wanting to be a successful artist. Um, I think that it, it, this movie was weirdly compared a lot to the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and I kind of take issue with that comparison because I would say that the Wolf of Wall Street presents its characters with like hatred essentially for them. Like these are despicable people that do despicable things and we can enjoy that despicableness, but like we're we I don't I don't think that movie ever it's like compassionate towards them, but I don't think it ever thinks that they're good people. Whereas this movie I think presents all of its characters with a lot of love. I mean I would say like even Brad Pitt's character, who I mean Brad Pitt is kind of a contentious figure now, but like uh I think he's really great in this movie, and I think like he gives a very good performance and like, he's probably the, the character that's most quote unquote problematic in the movie in terms of the main characters. Um, but even he like is viewed very empathetically by the movie, I think, and shows a lot of love for him. And I think what this movie does is it shows characters that you can like, you can really feel for and you understand their love for if you love something, I mean like I love movies, I love making movies. And so if you understand that drive, um, you can kind of get these characters and it shows how the industry basically chews them up and spits them out. Um, very uncaringly. 
this time I noticed, I was like, oh, like Manny is a good person and we like him, but the film industry puts him in situations where he has to be a bad person and like fire, yeah. pe- fire people for no reason and like do their bidding, but that it changes, it changes you. To succeed in this industry, you do have to darken yourself a little bit. I mean, well, in in a scene in this movie, quite literally. But I, I guess I meant more so that I like how it shows that the industry pits you against who are you against people who are ostensibly your friends. Because um, like Manny having to tell um, what's the trumpet player's name? Sydney. Sydney yeah. Sydney Palmer, right? Yeah. Um, Having to tell him, like, look, you have to darken your skin or all these people are going to lose their jobs and it's going to be all your fault. That's not the Manny we see at the beginning of the movie. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I like that. And I mean, I don't know if it's too early to get into, but I mean, the most contentious thing about this movie is the ending, I would say. Um, is it is it the montage or is it just that it's like... I, mean, I think it's the montage. The I, montage and him smiling at the end is very contentious with people. I will say in theaters, there were, I mean, probably because I had to pee, but there were two times that I had fully convinced myself that the movie had ended, um, probably because I was ready for it to end. But when, you know, uh, when Nelly like, gets out of the car and like, starts walking away and then like holds on that, and then when uh, it, like, pans away it like pans through the audience and then like goes up on their heads i was like the movie's over and then this time before watching the montage i thought yeah maybe the movie could have ended before that um but i have feelings what are your feelings well uh, tell me your feelings because i feel like i'm gonna go off on a whole tangent about it the first time i saw it and well oh i just poked myself in the eye um i will say it's weird the weirdest part isn't that we see fucking Terminator 2. It's that the movie, like, shows... It's that we see Avatar. It's that the movie, like, shows recaps of itself. Like, not presented, like, as a memory of the characters, but as, like, just here are things that happened in the movie, in the movie you just watched, and then here is just a bunch of stuff from other movies. But I will say... I mean, throughout film history, he cries, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I will say, you know, after you see all the movies and it's just like the dye in the water and it's, yeah. I think like that stuff, I, I was like, maybe it was worth it even just for that. Cause those visuals are so cool. Um, but I'm, I'm down with it through and through. I remember the first time leaving the theater mesmerized and definitely having something to talk about on the way to the car, which is a good, a, a good, a good feeling. I mean, so do you know how the movie originally ended? Tell me, it seems like you do. It didn't have the montage. I mean, it's a very simple alternate ending. It's just that it didn't have the montage, and it just ended with him crying, and then he hears singing in the rain, laughs, and then the movie ends. And Damien Chazelle said that he really didn't like the ending because it felt too little. Yeah, that that doesn't sound that interesting. No, and I think ultimately wouldn't have told the story that the the ending that the movie does have as well which I think I think the ending is what sells me on the movie um because as I was saying I think the movie is really good at sort of getting you into the mindset of people that have this huge drive um towards the movies and then showing you the cost of that and how it 
basically destroys lives, kills people and whatnot. But like, is that cost worth the great art that we get? And I would say the movie doesn't say that we should do those things. It's like Goodfellas or Boogie Nights or Wolf of Wall Street, where it's introducing you to an industry and first you see all the sexy parts and then you see the consequences of the sexy parts. Although, while I agree, I think that those movies show the thing is ultimately it's bad. Mm-hmm. While I don't, the the problem is well, the same cannot be said for this because you no, have, that that that's what I'm saying. So like, Goodfellas, mobsters are bad, yeah. or like gangsters are bad, or whatever you'd call them. Like that is just like ultimately a bad thing. The problem with movies are is that I think movies are ultimately good. Like I I think that society is a net. I mean, we have a f- whole fucking podcast about them. Like society is ultimately more positive because of movies and i'm of the belief that we do need to move forward we do need to evolve we, you know we we got to innovate we got to inspire like I, I i i do agree with that the problem that the movie presents is that that innovation and that inspiration will always inevitably cost basically human lives like lives will be destroyed in order to progress no matter what oh yeah you see i forgot about this but throughout the first half of the movie how many people are just dying on set and it's definitely that's suddenly a point they're trying to make because of how like quickly they're moving on yeah and so what i think the ending does and while people like have a problem and they're like why did they put avatar why did they like I think the problem is that people view that as just random things that they were trying to be like crazy in the end. But if you actually look at the movies that they chose, they're all movies that furthered filmmaking to some degree, whether it be by visual effects, by sound, by practical effects, whatever it is. Um, They moved filmmaking forward in some way. And to me, it makes me think, well with each of those changes from the from to create those special effects then to move from special effects to visual effects to move from film to digital technology what was the cost and all of these movies like terminator 2 is great visual effects are great but ultimately people did lose jobs people did lose livelihoods and that is the cost of moving forward and at least that's what it makes me think of and so at the 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 end with him smiling and laughing, I think people misread that moment as the magic of movies. But to me, it's a much bigger indictment of like us in that knowing that. I mean, Manny saw the woman that he loves basically be churned out. She dies uh, without him. Um, he suffers extreme racism, causes, like, does extremely racist things, like, but even that, even knowing that, knowing the cost, you can't watch Singing in the Rain and be like, fuck that, like, you watch Singing in the Rain, you're like, this is kind of awesome, like, this is beautiful, and so it's like, knowing everything that's bad, you can't help but love the art that it produces, and I think that's the contradiction that Chazelle is interested in throughout his career because I think Whiplash is 
dealing with the same stuff. La La Land is also, but it's a much lighter touch. And First Man is all about the cost of getting a man to the moon. Um, so it's, it just feels like a, uh, a continuation of everything Chazelle sort of is, is interested in. I'm, I missed First Man. You haven't seen it? Mm-mm. Oh, it's it's great. Yeah? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, friend of the show, Adam Volerich, is a big proponent of it, as um, his letterbox will... Letterbox reviews of the movie will tell you, but um, it's really, really great. If Whiplash wasn't there, that might be his best movie. I'm thinking about right now the fact that friend of the show Jackson Clark thinks Babylon is Damien Chazelle's best film, and I think I might put it at my second favorite. But I think putting it over Whiplash continues to be a preposterous suggestion. I, I try not to think about the opinions of Jackson Clark regarding Damien Chazelle's movies because they only um, they only upset you. Tent, yeah. So does the rest of the world? The rest of the world thinks that this is fine. What Babylon? Yeah. Do they think it's his worst? I don't know. I mean, like, like film people probably. I mean, like, like, some people think this is his best. Some people think it's a very polarized. I don't think that there's any, like, general consensus with this movie. Um, I feel like La La Land, people just don't think, I mean, maybe because it's not cool, but no one is, like, psyched to, like, talk about La La Land or, like, claim that as, like, their favorite movie. I would say that general audiences would say that that is their favorite of his movies. Um, it's the most widely known, I think. Um, and... It's, I mean, it's a nicer movie. Like, it's, like, sweet, and it's um, m- more approachable than any of his other movies, I think. I think I'm jaded by Letterboxd, and if anyone claimed La La Land as their own, like, they would get an earful, you know? I mean, I love La La Land, but... No, um, like, if I... Here's the weird thing. I probably would rank it, like, rank it on the bottom, and if you turn on La La Land right now, I'd be like, this is entertaining. I like music, I like fun. I like these. And again, like the technical craft of, I mean, any of his movies, but it's, it's, so it's like staggering. Above and beyond that, like, it doesn't matter if I, you know, don't care about Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling singing that much. Oh, so you, you commented on uh, Emma Stone would have been wrong for this movie. You, you would. I can't, I can't imagine anybody else playing this role. Margot Robbie, like, embodies like when she like first starts acting you know when she like is like her first day on the job like in like the bar scene i'm like she is so electric that i can't imagine anyone else doing it. Uh, like here's something that like might i don't know how this will sound but emma stone i don't know that i could take seriously in that role like i think that margot robbie is this like intense energy she can bring is a very different energy. I feel like Emma Stone is like sarcastic or something. Like it's like a little ironic or yeah, something like yeah. that. And I don't think that that would work for this role. And I think that like, like Margot Robbie is fucking sexy. And like, that's part of the point of this character. And I feel like Emma Stone would make, would play that a little bit more as a joke or like, I don't know. I don't know that it would be played as straight. And I don't think that that would work. Margot Robbie gives me more of a coked up vibe than Emma Stone does. That's yeah, I, I I agree. And also, I don't know if this is fair to say, but like, it feels like the better choice 
for Damien Giselle to have like step not stepped out of his comfort zone and worked with a familiar actor, but to like continue to widen his 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 yeah. his his net repertoire of familiar leading people. It feels more interesting to have to introduce Margot Robbie into the yeah, fa- I mean, into the family. I would say that Margot Robbie, in terms of female actresses that are like, uh, or female actors that are working right now, she's probably the most known in demand young movie star we have. Like not young, young, I guess. I mean, she's like mid thirties, but like, she's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like she isn't part of like the early two thousands. I guess while we're talking about Margot Robbie and our moms and not liking stuff, you know, Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, Barbie, you think these things will all go together. And I talked to my mom about Barbie and she's like, I don't give a fuck about Barbie. I'm all in for Oppenheimer. And then people here are like, fuck Barbie. That's just like commercial garbage. Like, why does everything have to be about products? And I'm like, are you ignoring the fact that like cool people are involved in making this movie and it's going to be like very satirical and about, I feel like it's weird to single Barbie out, which I think looks like it's going to be making fun of itself being capitalist, whatever. Um, it's weird to point that one out as the problem when it's being helmed by a director being given like full carte blanche on like whatever creative decisions they want to make. And then I told the person in argument, I was like, you seen Little Women? You seen Lady Bird? Those are two good movies. What are we so angry about? You know? Yeah. I mean, those those are both great movies, which by the way, I've rewatched Lady Bird and I really like it. Yeah, banger. I haven't rewatched Little Women. I think I can take, I, I mean, Little Women can keep living our parallel lives. <laughs> it's a good movie. Lady Bird's um, a fucking banger though. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, I think Margot Robbie... I mean, she might be my favorite actor, actress working right now. Um, in terms of just like the wide, I mean, also she's still so young. Twelve or thirteen year old Parth yeah. saw Wolf of Wall Street and was kind of changed by Margot Robbie. But like um, beyond that, like I think that she's a great, she's gonna, great actress. She's gonna be acting in movies for like the rest of our lives. Yeah, and she was like twenty, like. I think she was 22 or 23 when she filmed Wolf of Wall Street. She was a, our age or one year older. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, it's like inappropriate near nearly. Do you think it's time, Parth? I can't. Um, I, I can't. I can't scream. You know, to the to the my fullest capacity. No, I, I, I understand. I'll I'll have to scream for both of us. Um, but I'm kind of feeling the heat. Um, what is it? Don't get detached to anything you can't. You can't let go of in 60 seconds. When you feel, the, you heat feel the heat coming around the corner, yeah. No. Yeah, I think I think it's time for the ratings gauntlet. Trent. Oh, what? wait. Sorry, I'm seeing outside the window. Nuclear. There's a oh, the bright light. Oh, no. Burning. Blah, blah, blah. My skin. It's burning. Okay, um, it's time for the ratings gauntlet. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, so would you... What is it? Would you rewatch this? Um, recommend. Would you recommend it. Would you show? Would your mom like it? We've already got. Would you rate it? Yeah, we've already gotten some of the mom stuff out of the way. It didn't. So why don't you? Why don't you get the give the rest of your stuff away? Um, would I recommend it? Yes. Would I rewatch it? 
Yes, I did today, and I enjoyed it more than I did the first time, and it made more sense to me. But also, it's a little bit less high watching it this time than I was the first time on Christmas Day. I was in the Christmas spirit. Um, That's good to know. Um, but what would my mom think? We know. We read a whole paragraph about it. She didn't like it, despite her love of Damon Chazelle's other films. And what would I give it? Like a 7.5? Like, I like it, and it's, like, very technically proficient and has a lot of good moments. But, like, it doesn't feel... Like, I feel no particular inclination to return to it, as I will say. Interesting. But like like I said with La La Land, it's like I don't think I want it. And then if you if I walked into a room and La La Land or or Babylon were on, I'd probably sit down on the couch and watch for a while. I would recommend this, um, though I guess with like caution that like you might not like it. Um, I've rewatched this a few times. I don't think this is something I can like rewatch all of, like very often. But I can definitely like go to certain scenes, um, and just rewatch those scenes, um. Something I have done since owning the movie. Yeah, you're um, you're a dog with watching just scenes from movies. Well, sometimes you just want to see a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bestie did uh, a thing. No, Bestie literally did a fucking thing. Um, and uh, in terms of whether my mom liked it, she did. I watched it with her for the first time. Um, or like when I watched it for the first time, it was with my mom. Um, she just thought it was a little too gross. She understood why it was necessary for the movie, but would have liked it, I think, like, 20 to 30% less gross. Um, but that's not too bad, I think, for a mom. Um, and what would I rate it? I think an 8 out of 10. I think I gave it a 4.5 oh, wow. out of 5 on Letterboxd. I feel very high off the movie after watching it every time I watch it. Um, and then I think about it a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Um, so I think... A four out of five and a four and a half or a four out of five and an eight out of ten for me nice your mom being grossed out by this movie reminds me i in creative writing i wrote this thing that talked. i really have no idea where this is going it, it, it we won't be there for that long i wrote this thing um and it talked about my friend Zach. Oh, who you know from the friend of the show, from the podcast. Yes, yeah. About how we went on a road trip together and how that involved me learning about how uh, like particular and uh, sort of spoiled he is with his bowel movements. Mm-hmm. You were Oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm aware. You were hitting your chest like King Kong. Um, but I put this into poem form and tried to make, you know, some jokes about it. And a girl wrote on the critique too much potty humor for my liking. And I just thought that was, <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Cause it was like so tame and not like I threw shit on the shit on the shit. Um, so I guess maybe that's how your mom felt. Yeah. I, yeah. Too much potty, um, too much potty humor for her liking. Yeah. I mean, my mom's not a fan of potty humor or body humor or any yeah, sort any of, of any sort of any, anything or, anything regarding like fluids i think my mom isn't a fan of just in general just she doesn't yeah. she doesn't drink a glass of water well it's a big thing like it's a big joke in my household of like whenever there's a peeing scene or like a bathroom scene like where like men are peeing and or a scene takes place in a bathroom and my mom's like why does it have to be here what what is what is men's obsession with peeing and i'm like okay there's a scene very early on in this film where a woman, a man pays for a woman to pee on him. Yes, uh, my mom was ugh, 
was her reaction. Fun fact about England, the there's no like individualized urinals. It's all just big, long pee. Isn't, isn't there a no peeing law in England? Like they just like don't pee there? Oh, I was going to say the, the pee troughs are just like very long and that they, uh, but no, there's peeing. There's, there's people are drinking so much that they have to pee. Mm, I see. Pissing themselves even. Um, piss drunk, one could say. Trent, this was a good episode. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, thank you for... Where for, where are people listening on this? Parth, someone asked me about the pod at dinner, and they said, where can where can I find it? And I said, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Funny thing, really, is you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Stitcher, um, and, and, the, and the crowd went wild. Um, and then if you find us on any of those things, listen, recommend to a friend. It really does help. And then... Uh, Write a positive review. Give us five stars, like we attempted to give Babylon, but we almost got there. You can give us four stars, yeah. like we gave Babylon. If you think we're as good, yeah, I, I won't be too unhappy with four, but I won't be happy. If you think we're as good at podcasting as Babylon is at being a movie, which honestly might be a flattering comparison, if you ask yeah, me, in for terms, us, I think, in terms of the budget, production design, effort. Yeah, but I mean, like Babylon, we are a loss leading. Um, show with 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 a with an ensemble financially ensemble yeah. cast oh a loss leading show it took a second but yeah i get it i get what you're saying now yeah um but anyways yeah you can check us out on any of your podcasting platforms pandora stitcher google podcast amazon music the main ones um and we're also on instagram and twitter um, those are our social medias. Um, you can check us out there. We'll give updates on episodes and etc. Next week is going to be something a little different. Trent doesn't know what we're doing because Do Trent is in England. I, I have a clue of what is going to happen, but um, I think I'll leave it as a surprise. Am I involved in what's happening? You are not. Uh, no? No. Well, unless the listeners want to listen to your voice with this kind of quality. I was just going to take this time at the end of the episode to uh, give another apology and say the next time I appear, hopefully, I will be back in the United States in two weeks. And uh, I will have my computer and my microphone. I can hear. And everything will be good again. Um, Yeah, next week I think we'll be covering a movie that I'm, um, you know, I'm a fan of. This will make more sense when you find out what I think we're doing next week. But um, I'll leave it open-ended for now because I'm not 100% sure that it's what we're doing. Anyways, um, uh, see you next week. And thank you for listening to this episode. 